Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Monica. And we're two fangirls who like to talk about media and knit. This is our podcast, While We Were Knitting. This month, we watched Turning Red, a Pixar movie where a teenage girl, May, turns 13 and starts transforming into a giant red panda. This movie really dives into the horrors and joys of being a teenage girl using the specifics of one Chinese-Canadian family to dig into themes of mothers and daughters and female friendship. While watching, I knit the Hummingcomb Scarf by Nancy Marchand. And I knit the Honey Cowl by Antonia Shankland. We're on theme! I know! (laughs) That's so funny! Yeah, so some of you might be a little surprised since last month we said that we were going to watch The Lost City of D. I sat down, I watched Lost City of D, and I was like, well, it was really well cast. There were some good parts, and it didn't really hang together. That I can't talk about that for 30 minutes. So we decided to switch up our schedule a little bit and watch Turning Red instead. So, Monica, this is my third time through this movie. Was this the first time that you saw it? It was. I had been meaning to watch it for some time, and I had just, as as is the nature of my life these days, I just had never gotten around to it. And I kept meaning to watch it and never did. So, yes, this is this was my first time. <laughs> you have a big embarrassment squick. Oh. A lot of embarrassing things <laughs> happened to poor May. It was just really going through it, as 13-year-old girls often do. Would you? Oh my God! A lot for you? It was especially a lot because you know I'm I'm Asian. Mm-hmm. I was raised in an extremely extremely Asian family. I can 100% see most of those things like happening. They would oh, not have no. happened to me because I was the very good kid who never stepped out. But 100% I could see those things happening. And I was like, wow, I want to die for the sake of a poor fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> she is just absolutely going through it. because She starts out the movie and she's happy to be like exactly who her mother wants her to be. Like she doesn't view that as an imposition. She doesn't view the rules as too strict. She's like, I love my mom. I love my life. She's like, I'm making moves. I'm an adult. And then you're like, you're a child. You're a child who is just about to be a teenager. And is just trying to figure out like, just starting to hit the point where you're like, oh, I might want something different Mm -hmm. than what my parents want. Mm -hmm. Trying to like work that identity shift out. It's funny because I didn't have a particularly tumultuous teen time. Mm-hmm. I, like I didn't have, I, I didn't go through many of the horror stories that people talk about, like kids going through in their, in their young teens. But I saw it happen in my friends. And mm-hmm. like now as someone who takes care of kids, I see it happen in the kids I take care of. Like you, you see kids going from perfectly darling little darlings to being like oh my god you've turned into a monster except in mm-hmm. her case it's literal it's literal she's just like this is very we are going to make this metaphor so literal oh she my god as so literal a giant red panda well yeah that whole scene where she's in the bathroom and she's mm-hmm. like worried about how she stinks and her mother is like trying to pull out all the metaphors yes. for menstruation <laughs> and I'm like oh my god yes it, like they didn't even try and make it subtle no which you know what I, I was I was actually okay with that it it is a Disney movie it's not meant to be subtle but it was much more on point than I expected a Disney movie to be especially when dealing with the themes of like, not just family, but like adolescence and change and Mm -hmm. things like that. It reminds me a lot of Encanto in terms of there's no real like villain villain. Like there is the antagonist and that like that other little kid from her school, but the 
person who is causing issues in her life is someone who loves her very much and is part of her family and like really truly does want what's best for her but is like working through her own issues like you when you hit that point in the bamboo grove at the end where may meets like ming as a 17 or 18 year old and she's just like sobbing and she's like, I can't do it anymore. I can't be perfect. Like I always start crying during that part and just like cry through the entire bamboo grove. It was so relatable, I guess, that, you know, it was because you, there were definitely moments in this movie where I was like, oh, I do not like her mother at all. Mm-hmm. Like when her mother is, is creeping outside the school, <laughs> you're like, oh yes, it, you oh, know, when when that horrible little kid is like you're you know your mom is a freak and you're a freak and I'm like god I can I mean it's awful but her mom is totally acting like a freak she is like being a she's not being a good parent she's being like the epitome of a helicopter parent but she means well she's not doing well but she means well and so that was why I found the introduction of all the of all the aunties and the grandma mm-hmm. to be so interesting because there was that whole deal about, you know, me and your me and your mother were once upon a time very close up until the panda, right? The panda. The panda. But it wasn't the panda, was it? I mean, it was it it was someone wanting something that her mother did not want for her and it happened to be this like lovely dude. Yeah. <laughs> Her father, who's just like so, like just kind of like in the background, pretty chill. Yeah. At one point, he's looking at her little pamphlet for Four Town and being like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Yeah. No, right. generations. Right. <laughs> oh my god! But like, but yeah, you you can't imagine her father being the catalyst mm-hmm. for like this huge blow up between the grandmother and the and her mother and then you see what her mother turns into and you're like never mind (laughs) absolutely could I think it was really funny and a really good choice to make the pandas giant to be like Mm -hmm. this is twice like May is like twice the size as like a regular sized human and her mother is Godzilla sized (laughs) and can destroy (laughs) parts of downtown Toronto I think because if you were thinking about like how big a red panda is, they're like, you know, dog size. Cute. Yeah, they're, they're tiny. Cute. <laughs> so, like if she was a normal sized red panda, she could just kind of like hide pretty easily. But when you're like huge, it's so much harder to hide. And I think that also, again, was very on the spot metaphor of like when you're, you know, 13, 14, 15, it feels so impossible to hide all the parts of you that are like weird or uncomfortable or you don't know how to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Because that whole deal about, you know, what it what it takes to be accepted and what it takes to want to be accepted. Cause if you think about it, all of her friends are a little bit weird and yeah. off too. Oh, of course. And they're great. They're wonderful. Oh, they're hilarious. Like Abby is always so Abby. angry. <laughs> I love Abby so much. Everything about Abby does is like yeah. she was like Toledo? What's that? What is that? Toledo? And then starts like <laughs> angrily shouting in Korean. I'm like, I love this small child. Right? <laughs> and like the, um, oh, Dread, I can't remember her name, the, the friend who gets into it with the goth girl. The other one? Priya. Are- Priya. Yeah. 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 Yes. Priya, who's like, you know, mortality. <laughs> and says praise Kulu and you're like yes you're such weirdos and you're living your best lives reading that like twilight knockoff yes in the very beginning (laughs) yep 
it's and then there's like Miriam and like every time I watch that I'm just like I feel like Miriam is going to like go to college and like figure some things out about herself and be like oh I like girls I'm like yes. I love that for you yeah I I actually in the beginning I actually thought Miriam was a boy and then I was like oh nope Miriam's a Miriam's not a boy all right <laughs> Miriam's a tom girl yeah. and it's also very funny because you have that introduction of the beginning of Devin I think Devin. whatever the cashier at like the local little yeah. bodega who's like objectively you're like this is a nothing boy yeah. this boy is like the most boring average boy that you could possibly imagine but they're all obsessed with him I was like oh yeah I remember that I remember yeah that, like, in your oh yeah 100 percent. that that boy that half the girls in in school were were into and you're like why why but okay <laughs> yeah. and like she's like drawing little pictures of him and she's like I don't know what to do I don't know where these thoughts and feelings are coming from and then she tries to hide the little um notebook under her thing and then she can't stop scribbling and I was just like oh my god it's yeah it's so embarrassing but like not being able to deal with any of those feelings feels so true to being like yeah. 13 14 and be like I don't know what's going on they did a really good job of portraying just like how overwhelming and off the wall the feelings feel at that point mm-hmm. and the way her mother reacted to them just made everything so much worse yeah. so much worse <laughs> yeah because for the first like especially half of the movie like she's still trying to be very much that like good daughter and like good girl that she really wants to be and has been so far but anytime she kind of deviates from that or something else happens the way that her mother reacts makes it worse because her mom can't look at her and see her becoming her own separate person like that part with her friends where her mother finds out that they've been using the panda to raise money to get tickets for the four town concert. And she's like, how dare you like do this to my little May May. And it's like, how dare you like convince her to do all these things. And they're just like, it, it wasn't us. We were the ones who came up with this deal. Tell her May. And like May can't say it. I was like, <gasps> every single time I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. May, yeah. Trails. I know. And her friends call her out on it. Miriam calls her out on it. And I was like, I appreciate that. Because, yes, she was sort of stuck in a in a bad place where essentially she had to mm-hmm. she had to choose between being the girl that her mother wants to see her as or being the person she's becoming. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can I can 100% see why she made the choice that she did. But I also appreciate that, you know, she lands in the middle of them at the concert and her friends are like, nah, dude, you screwed yeah. up. Yeah. And she has to apologize. Yeah, and she does. She She does. does. She doesn't pretend she did anything but what she did. (laughs) Yeah. And like the nice thing I think is that this movie is ultimately about people who are trying their best. Like, you know, dad is definitely trying his best. Mom in her own very special blinded way is trying her best. (laughs) Like, you know, grandma and all the aunties like at the end when they're like, oh my God, we have to get her um, Ming into the circle. They're like, we will become pandas, even though this is something that we uh, as a family have been suppressing for generations upon generations because our daughter, our sister needs us and we will do yeah. the thing. Yeah. Even though I had not seen the movie, I had not seen any trailers. I knew that May turns into a panda. I did not expect the turn of 
her mother then turning into like evil Godzilla panda. Yeah. And I definitely didn't expect the rest of the family to be like, you know what? We're going to panda too. <laughs> it was great. I did. That was like, I think the one thing about the movie that I wanted to be a little bit different is I think I wanted them to keep their pandas, like the older generation. I thought the mom might. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, no, there's no, she won't. <laughs> I think I would have loved to see that if they had they'd gone with that. Because clearly, I mean, the ancestor approved mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of May's choice. I also, it it was one of those things where like the whole magical realism of it, everyone was like, oh my God, you're a panda. Yay. Yeah. No one was like, <laughs> it's very funny. Nobody even like really blinked or like they no. did, but they were like, oh. But they were never like, oh my god, I can't believe it, or what's going on. They just like all immediately were like down with the panda. Yeah, loving the panda. Like, <laughs> there's something very, very sweet about that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's part of the whole like magical real this like version of magical realism, Toronto. But the fact that this thing that she initially found so repulsive to her and so foreign and you know mm-hmm. so destructive. Like everyone else looked at it and was like, "Oh my god, it's adorable!" Yes. <laughs> and they're they're not wrong. Red pandas are freaking adorable. They're so cute. And there's this very that very funny bit where like one of the girls from school like was like, "Oh my god!" And you're like thinking she's gonna freak out and be like, "What's this panda do there?" But she's like, "No, you're too cute. It's so cute." And you're kind of seeing that echo from when like Abby was always just like the panda. It's so cute. I must I must hug the giant furry panda. And it's like, oh, like her peers think it's cool. Like her yeah. peers think this is the coolest thing that's happened to them all school year. And it will even get them to go to Tyler, Taylor, whatever. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler's house for a house party that people don't seem that excited about because they're like, yeah. you want to hang out with a panda. I kind of wanted Tyler to get a comeuppance. Mm-hmm. I guess he kind of did, but kinda he did. he really was awful. Like. There, there was nothing there was nothing redeeming about him <laughs> I think the thing about Tyler that to me was redeeming is that like ultimately when he is confronted with his own powerlessness he like very much folds he's like when May tackles him and is like scaring him he's very much like realizes oh I've screwed up I've messed up and like starts crying and is like please don't hurt me and like you kind of don't see him be awful after that so I did appreciate that. I mean, I did like that he was like secretly also a four townie. Yeah, I think that that I think that was meant to be his redemption. <laughs> that he was just as into all of this as the girls, and guess what? He joins them. He's totally part of their little crew at the end. <laughs> well, the part where they are at the concert and then four town plays this big part in like helping to like you know contain her mother's giant Godzilla panda is so funny. They're there, they're dragging the the giant panda into the circle and the circle is flickering because their mm. voices and their passion and then everyone starts singing. I'm like, why am I crying? Okay, I'm crying. <laughs> it's, like, it's so beautiful because it's, I think does a really good job of like capturing like, I love this thing so much. I love it so, so much. This is how I express my love is by doing this thing with my friends. That's like kind of about these people. It's kind of about like Robert and like, I only remember Robert because Robert Jr. and the, but yes. there was other Jesse. The Tamagotchi. I was like, Tamagotchi. why is there a Tamagotchi? Oh, it's 2002. No, okay. <laughs> okay. The t- I think this is my personal thought. I feel like the timeline and the cultural references were actually from 1998. I'm yes, like, they were. Yeah. They were from the 90s. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this is in sync. And these are some Tamagotchis. And they're wearing little bucket hats. 
and you're like it's 1998. I know that you're telling me that it's 2002 or 2003, but it's not. It's 1998. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it was the 90s and I was like, I'm I feel this. I feel all this so hard yeah. right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember these boy bands. Yep. I yep. know about the, Tamagotchis. The, the the pop the like the the Tiger Beat knockoff <laughs> magazine that they were looking at in the beginning. I was like I got chills cuz I was like, "Oh god, that was not a good time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was so fun. There there's there's the one who speaks French, there's the one who re- rehabilitates doves. Yep. <laughs> no, 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 there's yep. the one who went to art school and then there's the other two who okay. apparently are special but no one actually knows anything about them. Yeah. I think it's I think they were both named Aaron because one of them was Aaron T and one of them was Aaron Z or something ridiculous like that. And I was like, no, that is very funny that they're like, there's three of them. And then those are the cool ones. And then we need a five person like boy band. So there's two others who are also yes. there. Yeah. Right. Who are in the background. Yeah. 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 I also really liked that. Like, and, and they did, I think leaned a little more cartoony on this, but like all the characters had very specific outfits that they were like this is our outfit and this is what we wear so like may was always wearing that like little pink cardigan and like her mom had that like green jacket mm-hmm. or a dress yeah. that she was always wearing and, and the chunky heels yeah heels businesswoman of toronto mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think there was one thing i was like obviously the first thing that you would do is like if i was to do one thing inspired by this it would be like trying to make a red panda but I was like that's really crochet thing and honestly my crochet is very bad I've tried it twice it's gone poorly both times so like I think the pink cardigan is what would remind me most I don't have a specific pattern in mind Mm -hmm. but I was thinking something like one of those like dragon or or phoenix cardigans or Mm -hmm. one of those like something in feral with a very prominent like Chinese themed um, mm-hmm. feral design, like very much like one of the dinosaur things that I was sending you the other yes. day. Yes, something like that is is what I would knit. So since I am fairly sure there is no such thing that exists with a giant red panda. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I know somebody did publish a pattern with the Canadian hat that she, uh, yeah. she was trying to hide her like bright orange hair. Yeah, yeah. I watch too much hockey and I cannot put the Canadian flag on my head <laughs> the American hockey team and the Canadian hockey team are sworn enemies so I was like I can't I can't do it even though I don't like really watch hockey anymore I still have a lot of feelings about how I cannot do it so it is really because you know I, I was just in Toronto and I watched the movie right before I left oh fun. <laughs> and as I was in Toronto I was like oh I I was specifically in the Toronto Chinatown mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it really is very much <laughs> like, like it is. <laughs> it, it is similar. The streetcars look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. The little red streetcars, they they still look like that, I suppose I should yeah. say. There were there were definitely a number of choices, like the fact like the Tamagotchi, like the mm-hmm. fact that it was set in sort of the the heyday of the boy band era. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was sent in Toronto. As I was watching it, I was like, oh, yes, whoever created this is definitely working through some stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> it's the, very specific. Yeah. And I really love, like, a specific situation. Like, I think if you get really specific in characters, it allows you to more, this is such a cliche thing to say, but the more specific, the more universal something feels. Yeah. And I think that it did a really good job of being like, this is exactly who this family is. 
Yeah. And this is what like, and this is like, I feel like, especially if you've ever been a teenage girl, you can kind of emphasize that even if it was like, you're a little older or you're a little younger or, you know, you didn't grow up in Toronto or you're not Chinese. You're like still like, you know, going through it with your mom about puberty and like having your like female friends who are like really important to you. I'm like, that's, that's something I find relatable. Yeah. And I did appreciate that like their school, all the characters were very mm-hmm. multicultural and their school was very clearly very multicultural. And it was refreshing to see, especially in a, Disney has been doing obviously better about mm-hmm. that, but it's mostly been in the setting of like sort of fantasy things like Raya or like Encanto where, you know, people are obviously from different cultures because the it's actually set in a different culture. Whereas this one is set in, in a modern city, but with kids who are, who appear to be from like ethnically all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, families that appear to be from all over the place. And I really appreciated that. That's yeah. that's not something I think we've really seen in a Disney movie before. No, I'm tr- like, it's very interesting because I was trying to think about the most recent, I was specifically thinking like Pixar um, mm-hmm. more than Disney. And I was like, what are the latest Pixar movies that we've seen? And I was like, okay, how are they similar and how are they different from turning red like it does remind me of Encanto a lot because I think the themes of like dealing with your parents and like really not having a specific antagonist. Uh, and then I was comparing it to Luca. Did you see Luca? Mm. And I was I like, have not seen it. I've heard it's very cute, but I have not seen that either. <laughs> we'll get into it later. But anyways, <laughs> which is different in that it has like a very clear like child bully antagonist who like you know Tyler is like a little a little like jerk a little jerk yeah (laughs) the way that he's a jerk is not the primary issues that are in her life like it's not helping but it's it's not like he is the main kind of antagonist in this movie yeah whereas luca definitely has like a main antagonist but it also luca is in little ways is kind of like more like the little mermaid it's set off italy in like the 1980s but like where the relationship with the parents is a struggle and there are issues but there is like a separate antagonist who is actually causing the difficulties in that way, I was thinking that like Encanto and Turning Red are more alike in my mind than Luca, even though Luca, I think, I think is, is it more recent? You know, a lot of things during quarantine, everything just kind of happened to me during time. Quarantine. I'm like, yeah. when did it happen? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I really appreciate that. I will say the one thing that I did kind of laugh about was when they were raising money at the end to like repair the damage that they owed on the Sky Dome. They were like, I don't remember what it was. It was like a million dollars or something. Yeah. Like it's way more than that. That family <laughs> in the city of Toronto, like several billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. That's not yeah. it was just like one of those things that I was like, sports stadiums and like arenas cost like too much money. Too much. And they definitely yes. do more. So it was super cute that at the end, you know, she's she's becoming herself. She's enjoying her four town. She's going to karaoke. But at the end of the day, she's still, you know, she's still loving working the temple. Sure. She's still, because that's, that's sort of the other trajectory that these stories can take, right? That like, they're like, I'm my own person and I don't want any of the things that mm-hmm. you actually wanted out of me. And especially in a lot of, of young adult novels, that's kind of mm-hmm. how it turns out, right? Like they actually want nothing to do with the things that their parents wanted and their parents have been stifling them and it could have easily gone that way. But in this situation, like she didn't want to be exactly what her mother wanted her to be. She just didn't want to be 
child anymore. She didn't, she didn't want to be treated like a child anymore. She didn't want to be boxed in, but she still wanted to work the temple. She still wanted to, you know, she still wanted that good relationship with her family. And in that way, I agree. I think it is very much like, it is very much like Encanto in that at the end of the day, even with everything that happened, she's not bitter about like at the end of the day, what her family could have put her through. Yeah. I think it's a nice movie. And like, I have been reading some YA just because the way that the library is set up means that I walk by the YA section. So sometimes I'll be like, that looks cool. And I'll like pick it up. And it is actually genuinely a problem in a lot of YA that I'm like, I'm not the audience for it. Like I am, you know, in my thirties, I am an adult. I am not the audience for this. And some of the times that's very clear because it's very much like, oh, this teen is doing some real teen things and having some real teen feelings and I'm just like you're being an idiot (laughs) yes but like you know it's like it's not like outside the realm of like what teenagers are and do it's just reading about it as an adult is not as enjoyable and it's fairly painful (laughs) and adding and but instead in turning red like I didn't feel that feeling I'm like she's definitely being a teen she's definitely like I never ask you for anything and I'm like oh I think I had that fight with my mother pretty sure (laughs) I did in fact but she's not annoying is what I would say like there are times where she's an obnoxious know-it-all but she's never like I'm never annoyed by it I'm just like oh this child is too smart for her own good and thinks she's an adult and she's not I agree and that's a really that's a really hard balance to strike that you know, to, to make a kid, a kid in all of the bad ways, as well as the good Mm -hmm. ones, but still have them be relatable and have the, like, watching their struggle be enjoyable rather, rather than being like, what the hell are you doing, kid? Because the whole business about them, like, putting money together to to watch this concert that their parents mm-hmm. don't want them to go to. There's something super wholesome about it, you know? They're like, no, we're going to earn the money to go to this terrible forbidden contest. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, we're going to break in and et cetera, because mm-hmm. like, there are many, many different ways that this could have gone. And they went for the possibly the most wholesome one. <laughs> Yes, 100%. It was just like, it's it's very much that they are good kids trying to be good kids while still trying to figure out how to grow up. Yeah, yeah. And like, even Four Town is like prime 90s boy band, like wholesome, like non-threatening, like boys. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's a group of non-threatening boys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Their whole concert, they're, they're flying on angel wings and yep. reaching out to touch the fans. And you're like, yeah, that, that, yep. The gyrations, horror of the gyrations. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there, there is no gyration. There's maybe a little wiggling. There is no gyration. <laughs> well, at the end, when they're having that showdown and May starts like, kind of like twerking, twerking, <laughs> twerking and you're her like- panda butt. And you're like, you're so bad at this, but you're defeating your mother by being like, I'm a teenager. And I was like, okay, you're trying. You're trying. God yeah, bless. Trying so hard. Trying so hard to defeat Godzilla with the power of the twerk. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was also that very funny part where they were like, her mom, I think, asked her, like, what do you imagine is going to happen? And you go inside of May's head and you're they're like, she's imagining all the me- different members of Four Town, like proposing to them. And, you know, that they would like be like lofted on the arms. And she's like, oh, I just think it would be educational. <laughs> <laughs> like everything about that 
we don't see the presentation, but we see just enough of it to be like, this is so funny. This is so it's, cute. It's so funny. And it's so that like teenage girl impossible fantasy. Sure. And it really is. You're like, oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I see what is going through your brain. There. Yeah. But her little presentation to her mom with the sparklers and the bust. And the PowerPoint. And the history of music. And she's wearing the her mother's jacket to like be extra serious. And she's shocked when it doesn't work. The next day she's like, my presentation, it didn't work. And you're like, oh, child. Oh, child. <laughs> you had dreams and they were crushed. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, even if it did hit some of your embarrassment squicks. Like when her mother was like, I you forgot your pet. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. I was just like, wow. I say for me that one wasn't as bad as the her storming into the um the Daisy Mart mm-hmm. and like chewing oh, out that poor god. harmless like that poor harmless boy in a bucket cat while showing <laughs> everyone in the Daisy oh, Mart. No. Every every one of these like ridiculous pictures of spooning or the boy is a mermaid or <laughs> the boy is a mermaid. I was like, oh god, like because it was that was towards the beginning of the movie. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh god, if there's another one of these, I don't know that I can finish this. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, the whole you forgot your pads thing was was relatively. I was like, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. <laughs> Every note that they wanted to hit, I think they hit. They were very precise in what they wanted to do. Yeah. And they, it was it was very on point and it was very clean. It it was very intentional. Yeah. <laughs> so Monica, this is the second month I have been working on the honeycomb scarf during our knitting. And since it's a fingering weight scarf and I have been working on it for two months, I pretty much have that memorized. So it's at this point very low attention. So it was a good combo in order to pay attention to like the very big visuals of this movie while not having to like give too much attention to my knitting. I had intentionally picked the honey cowl just because I know it is a relatively simple pattern that is easily mm-hmm. memorized. Um, I had intentionally picked it because I knew I was going to want to pay attention to the movie. Mm-hmm. And I am glad that I chose the variation on it that leads to me not getting slipped up on the beginnings of the rows um, mm-hmm. because I suspect I would have gotten slipped up on the beginning of the rows. I was very involved in this movie. <laughs> it was very captivating. Yes. I, I think that I would have loved it if they had been like more like, let's do more Four Town songs and done like yes. a Four Town soundtrack. Yeah. Rather than just the one. Though by the way, by the end, I definitely had that one memorized. I'm never not on your mind. That one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Perfect Pedro 90 reference. I would watch it again, though I would probably fast forward through <laughs> some of those books, but I would watch it again. <laughs> Very fair. Well, this is the first of three pieces of media that we're going to watch that is all about being a teenage girl and the trials and travails and joys thereof. So next month, we are going to watch Madoka, which I have not seen, but Monica has. So it will be exciting to see how it goes. Yes. <laughs> oh, question. Is it subtitled? It is sub. It is subtitled, though. I think there is a dubbed version if you would like to watch that. I'll start with subtitles and we'll see. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Yes. All right. I may watch the dub version just to see how it is. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have an experience. It's always good to choose between two. Like yeah. back when I was a little, you know, 18 year old, 17 year old anime purist, I was like subbed over dubbed. And now that I'm, you know, old and trying to do other things while I watch TV, I'm just like, listen, not reading subtitles is, is really my preferred life <laughs> at this point. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will talk to you again next month. Bye. Bye.